from API. This is Energy Tomorrow Radio, your source for information and conversation about the most important energy issues of the day. Welcome to Energy Tomorrow Radio. I'm Jane Van Ryan. For the past several days, America has been watching the evolving situation in the Gulf of Mexico. As you probably know, the Deepwater Horizon exploded and sank while crew members were completing an exploration well in about 5,000 feet of water. Eleven crew members are missing and presumed dead. Several others were injured. And at this time, oil is continuing to flow into the water. Allison Nyholm of API is an oil spill response veteran, and she's in the studio with us today to discuss the technologies that are used by the oil and natural gas industry to handle spills. Welcome, Allison. Thank you. Glad you're here. First, Allison, before we start on the interview, I just want to say that the Deepwater Horizon accident was a terrible tragedy for all of us. And our prayers, of course, continue to be with the crew members and their families, as well as with the responders who are working very hard to stop the oil and to mitigate the impact on the environment. Now, Allison, let's talk about the actions that have been deployed so far. Now, from what I'm hearing from the Unified Command Center, hundreds of thousands of feet of boom have been deployed. Can you describe for our listeners how the boom works and discuss its effectiveness? Sorbents, pads, pillows, or booms can be used to corral the oil. This boom material is also used to absorb the oil Water is able to flow through this this sorbent at that time. This uh, boom corrals the oil so that the oil can then be skimmed off the top of the water. Now, on the seafloor, there are underwater robots called ROVs that are apparently trying to activate the blowout preventer as we talk here today. What is a blowout preventer and how is it supposed to work? Well, first of all, well control is really important and in the process of putting a well in place. Uh, controlling the pressure is key. That is done when pipes are placed at the wellhead when the wellhead is constructed. And then at that wellhead, a blowout preventer is installed. These blowout preventers are, uh, can vary. They can encase the wellhead. They can also shear the wellhead. So that shear meaning that actually cut through the piping and stop the flow of the oil? It cuts through the pipe and closes off the pipe. And for whatever reason, apparently that did not happen in this case. The pictures that you see are of the ROV's hand trying to activate that shearing mechanism. And the, the uh, industry and agencies will see what happened as, as, uh, as the um, days unfold and they're able to investigate what actually occurred. Now, we've also read that responders have been spraying chemical dispersants. What exactly are they? How do they work? Chemical dispersants, in, ex in essence, activates a natural chemical process of oxidization. So it breaks down the oil, and the oil disperses in that process. So it, it becomes degraded, or it, what happens to it? It becomes, physically? it's a biodegradation process. So then it um, goes back to other forms in nature. Uh, some of the responders also have used controlled burns. Apparently that happened on April 28th to remove some of the oil from the water. How are controlled burns conducted? In situ burning or controlled burns, as you say, are used. It's, a con it's considered to be an industry standard for addressing oil spills of this sort. 
in good conditions, which we did have on April 28th. The winds were blowing in the right direction. What they were able to do, what the Coast Guard was able to do, was place fire retardant boom around sections of the oil. Then the oil is ignited. In essence, there is a type of match, so to speak, and that uh, can come in, in different forms. It could be what amounts to toilet paper that's been soaked in kerosene, ignited, and then placed on uh, the oil spill, the, the contained oil spill. It also could be baggies of gelled oil that's ignited. And then that fire is monitored very closely uh, and extinguished. Then uh, what occurs is you've got, you've got a thin layer, a thin waxy sheen that can be skimmed off the top. And at that time, you can take care of between 90 and 98 percent of the oil that you have, uh, that you have burned in this manner. So you can actually consume, if you will, that much of the oil in these controlled conditions. It's considered to be a very effective industry approach. Now, a number of other efforts right now are being used to handle oil that's coming up on the coastline. Uh, what is being done there? At the outset, boom was laid along coastlines that were presumed to be particular places where oil could hit. This is being monitored and has been monitored since day one. Additional boom is being placed. Cognizant agencies and industry folk are monitoring those areas on a regular basis and will continue to do so. But boom uh, is a very, uh, is one of the key approaches to addressing oil that would hit landfall. How would you describe the commitment of the oil industry to safety and environmental protection? Is it accurate to say at this point, based on everything that you've seen and read, that the industry is doing basically everything in its power to solve this problem? MMS collects data relative to safety standards and adherence to those standards and records associated with safety regularly. This is something that the industry works regularly uh, to re-examine and to, um, and to re-look at any, any standards that are in place if there needs to be any um, modifications or updating of those standards. The industry takes this, uh, this very seriously. Allison, you've been involved in oil spill response in the past. Um, when was that and, and what are your observations about the effectiveness with which the industry works? I was involved in the response associated with the Exxon Valdez oil spill, a huge tragedy where uh, we had um, the fortune and misfortune of learning a lot as a result of that, of that oil being spilled. And I would say that what has happened in the days since the Deepwater Horizon incident, the response has been quite rapid, swift, and according to contingency plans. There has been uh, few um, missteps in terms of timing. The, we're still obviously collecting a whole lot of data from uh, the industry perspective, but the, the following of plans and adhering to plans and administering uh, contingency scenarios and, uh, has been very swift. And I think that that's to the credit of industry professionals from day one. Allison, thank you so much for joining us today on Energy Tomorrow Radio. Thank you. 
Thank you for joining us on Energy Tomorrow Radio, brought to you by the people of America's oil and natural gas industry. For more information about this podcast or to submit questions for future shows, visit energytomorrow.org. That's energytomorrow.org.